are going to be uncovering some untold riches. Let's do this. So, friends and neighbors, hello. Welcome again to another episode of Untold Riches with me, Peyton Polychrones, and my co-host, Richard Our Bridges. Team. I got it right the first time. That way, Richard Bridges. We are here for another exciting episode, talking to a, a good friend of both of us, Noel Tuggle, works with us in our brokerage. Uh, he is an award-winning realtor. He is an amazing guy. He's had a hell of a morning that he may or may not discuss, but I'll suffice it to say it was something. Uh, and yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, but he's here anyway to make us laugh, make us cry, share some pearls of wisdom, and be generally awesome. Richard, want to talk a little bit more about Noel? Yeah, I mean, that's a we've set the bar pretty high in the fact that we are going to feel the emotional spectrum of just pure elation and happiness all the way to just resounding sadness and 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 being like turned into crying. I don't abject know. Misery and, and yeah, abject misery. Abject misery. And and that's a that's a that's a lot. So we put a lot of pressure on Noel and he's mm -hmm. he's obviously listening to all of this and he's just like, what are they doing? Just get me on the show already. Noel, he's one of my favorite human beings. I genuinely look forward to any time I get to spend with him. Uh, he's become a great friend. Uh, he's someone I look up to a ton. And just his work ethic, uh, his outlook on life, uh, how there really isn't anything that, that – any, any challenge that's presented to him where he doesn't genuinely believe, like, I can do it, right? Like, I can do this. I can, I can fight after this, and, and, and I can make it happen. And that's just something I, I, I just respect a ton. So yeah, and finest watches. He has Every, sick watch. watch name for Noel. Like, his haircuts and his watches. Dude is polished. I'm wearing cool. an elementary school hoodie and – two weeks of growth of a beard. We were just discussing your mullet and Noel looks like a million bucks. Uh, without further ado, Noel Tuggle. There it is, million bucks in the flesh. Let's see the watch. Show us your watch, let's see it. Boom. Boom. I knew it. I hadn't even seen it on camera yet and I knew, I knew. Yeah, man. And, I, and, and as far as the pressure thing goes, pressures make, pressure makes diamonds. Yeah, you damn right it does. That's true. That's true. And then you get to buy diamonds, which you wear on your wrist. So <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> well, this one was a gift to my, from my dad for, this is when I got, um, I made top 25 agent for the first time. So yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. That's one of those things that has, you're gonna keep that forever, man. That's, yep. that's one of those things you pass down. I don't have a, I have a pen. My dad gave me when I wrote my first, my first, my first real estate contract. It's a Mont Blanc. It was an expensive pen. I, he always had that, that pen growing up that he bought. And I was always like, can I use it? Can I write with it? And I'd write it and then he'd snatch it back. And I was like, why? Okay. I didn't realize it was like a $200 pen. And so when I wrote my first contract, he gave it to me and I don't even use it. Like I won't write with it anymore. It just stays with me. It goes everywhere with me, but I don't use it. And I look That's at it. Up. Yeah. That's good luck. I have a $2 bill in my wallet and I never will use it. Yeah. Cause it's just good luck. Mm -hmm. And they make a behind it. Was it just because it's unique and a two dollar, or did somebody give it to you? Or uh, you know, to be honest with you, I'm pretty sure David Speed gave it to me. So, really, you know what's crazy uh, about David Speed? This just this happened yesterday. I saw I was at the golf tournament, um, the 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 Players Cup up in uh, Bethesda yesterday, and I was yep. walking, and a guy was coming the other way, and he had a hat on. It was like a Batman hat. He had sunglasses on, and he looked exactly like david speed and i, I think uh ashley said that a couple weeks a couple months ago she's like i swear i just saw david speed i was like no you didn't it's okay but i he's he's probably looking 
looking for you. So it's okay. Yeah. Right on. Right on, man. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about you. That's why we're here. We, 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 we want to hear a lot. More. I'm excited about this is because I've spent a lot of time with you on the professional side of, you know, we met professionally and we've worked together professionally. And, and the thing that's been so interesting is every so often these little personal anecdotes filter through. And I've always just been like, are you serious? That's what happened. That's crazy. And yep. so I want to let the people who are watching the listeners um, and people who probably even know you, but maybe don't know all of the things about you that have led you to where you are, your experiences and stories. And I'm hoping that some people are just like, they have a different perspective of you and appreciation of you when we're done today. Um, so why don't you just tell us your journey, right? So where you grew up, what your experiences were like, anything that kind of stands out that's noteworthy in your life and experiences that's ultimately gotten you to where you are. And then we'll dissect this stuff along the way. Okay. Uh, so I was born in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, my dad, huge Green Bay fan, by the way. Um, Go Pack Go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my dad works for, well, he's he's worked for the government. He graduated from um, Ohio State and then immediately like went into government. So we moved pretty much like every five years. So we lived there. We, we lived in Madison. Then we moved to Grambling, Louisiana. Uh, and then we moved to Crystal Lake, Illinois. So back to the Midwest. And then we moved here in 99 to Ashburn. So when we moved here, there was nothing. So literally like I've seen this entire area explode, you know, whatnot. Um, so when I moved here, I think I was like 14, 14 or 15. I was in, when I moved here, I was in seventh grade. So, um, you know, went to Sonbridge High School, lived in Ashburn pretty much like my entire time until my dad got promoted again. Um, in 2008, um, and he got promoted to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I, at this point, I'm like 19, 20, so I'm like, I'm not, I'm not moving to Albuquerque. Nothing against them, but I mean, I'm 20 years old. Everything I want is pretty much here. So I was going to Nova. Um, didn't really know what I was going to do, so I ended up getting like a just like a serving job. Um, and then when I turned 21, they started training me behind the bar and started like, really, like I really just developed a knack for it. I was like, man, like, this is, this is really nice. I get to talk to people all day. Hmm. I serve them drinks and they just give me money. That's great. You know? So, um, I did that for about like, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Hmm. I just knew like, after like doing it for like four or five years, I was like, I, there really is no room for me to grow, but I also didn't know what I wanted to do. So like my dad would come in and my dad like knew all the regulars whenever he was in town. Um, they knew immediately as soon as they, as soon as he walked in that he was my dad. Cause I just spot on image. Um, and I'll, I'll go grab a photo if I can. Um, if you send it to us later, we'll just put it in. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, my dad would always tell me like, he's like, I see how like everybody views you. I see how everybody sees you. You know, they say that you're a good person and like very respectful, whatever. But he's like, but you need to be running this bar. Like you need to be running this restaurant. Mm. And I was like, Dad, I make more than the managers do. Like this, let's just let's let's stop with that. I'm not trying to work 70 hours for, you know, and not make really make half as much as I'm making right now. Right. So um, so really pretty much what got me into like real estate market was Eric had came in with Janet one time and he was like, uh, doing my Eric Pearson voice. He's like, Hey buddy, buddy, can you make me a margarita? <laughs> so, so like make him a margarita and he's talking to like, he's talking to me, he's giving his pitch and I look at it. I know it's now it's a pitch, right? Yeah. But before he was just like, 
you need, I, you need to get into real estate. Like you're killing it in the game. Like you're doing this bar stuff and everything like that. I want to, I want to have you come on. I want to have, I want to have you come meet with me. And I'm like, nah, man, I don't know. First thing about real estate. I don't know. Sell no house. Like, I don't know how much money they make. Like, you know, whatever. whatever. So um, that was fast forward like a year. And then David Speed was like, dude, come on, dude. Like, come on. You're like, you're doing this. Like you've been, you've been working here for like seven years. Like, come on, just try it. And I was like, all right, cool. Screw it. I'll do it. So I went to a class and then, um, we start doing online classes. How and old are you? How old are you at this point? 30. Yeah. 30. Okay. I'm like 30. Um, so I really started to like get it. Cause there's a lot of like, a lot of time in high school, a lot of time in college. I don't know. Maybe it's cause I, I have ADHD or something like that, but I just can't, if I don't, if I'm not really interested in it, I'm just not going to do it. Mm. And I'm just, not, it's just going to be in one or out the other. Um, you know, I'll read the script, I'll read the whatever. And if I, I have to read it over a minute multiple times, but with this, I didn't really have to do it. It's something we got like really complicated, but half of that stuff I don't even use in real estate now anyway. But, um, it, you had like six months to complete it. I think I got my license in like three months. So I felt pretty good. Um, but I just didn't know what the next step was. So I basically came into the office and I was like, yeah, like I got my license. And then, you know, Speed and Eric were just like, okay, cool. Like, you know, now you get to, you know, show houses and sell properties or whatever. Um, and I was like, okay, so where do I start? And he's like, we're going to put you on the, like the lead team and, you know, I'm going to give you a little bit of leads or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. And then when I, I, one of the reasons why I love real estate now more than ever is because like, it reminds me of like where I came from because when I was in the process of getting my real estate license, I met so many people and I was saying like, yeah, I'm taking the exam on this day or whatever. And you meet people that like used to be real estate agents. And there was a guy, um, there was a guy bartending at the time. He had been bartending for like at least 20 years. I think he's still, I think he still bartends now or he manages like a restaurant. Um, but we were, it was me and my, my boys were out. And I was like talking about it. He's like, man, like you're really, you're really adamant about this. I was like, dude, like I'm telling you, like when I get my license, like it's over. Um, and he was like, yeah, like, well, you know, I had my real estate license for three years and it was a crapshoot. Like, you know, you don't make any money and you know, it's just, they take so much time from you. And I'm like, well, yeah, but you, you get home at like four o'clock in the morning. Like I would never have to do that with real estate. <laughs> and like, he's like, yeah, but I'd rather like have guaranteed money than work for, you know, something that's not guaranteed. And I'm like, but I saw the commissions. Like I know how much money people make, like yeah. the most successful people. I was like, I was like, um, I was like, dude, like the average real estate agent, when I met with my broker, he said the average real estate agent makes like $114,000 a, a year. I was like, and that's average. I know I'm going to be above average. He's like, well, okay. You know, don't get your hopes up. That's all I'm saying. I'm like, okay. All right. Cool. Whatever. So then he walked away and like, I was like, dude, like, am I really doing the right thing? Like, am I, am I really oh, got in your head? Yeah. And like, you know, and then you get in my, my boy was like, dude, do not believe anything he says you're talking about this like it's already happened. So do not believe anything he says. You're going to crush it. So I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, and then when I actually got my license, I was working at this restaurant and I was so happy because one of the guys was a realtor um, and he was a regular there and he was coming in from softball game and whatever. I was like, yo man, I got my license. Like, you know, I'm so excited. And his response was, well, man, congratulations. There's like 25,000 of us. And I'm just like, 
that doesn't mean that every single one of y'all are worth a shit. Mm-hmm. So what? Do you, do you think that I are you successful? Because if you're not successful, do you think I'm not going to be successful? So and I, I just looked at him and I was just like, and I just like walked away. Um, but I mean, you know, like at, at first, because my first year was pretty rough. I did a lot of rentals. I only sold like two houses. Mm. Um, but I kept like really at it. Like I was never afraid to do really pretty much anything. Like literally hanging hanging up uh, doorposts, um, going to events, like socializing events, and and just handing my card. Even when I was working at the bar, I was handing my card. I don't care anybody. I was handing it was like a free lunch. I was, you know whatever. Um, and it got to the point to where like I started actually succeeding um, to where I had to give some of my shifts away. Because I was in, I was in like Manassas or Falls Church, and I had to be in, in Sterling or Ashburn by like four, and it's already like two o'clock. So I was giving my shifts away. Um, so one week, I come in to like check my schedule, and I'm not on the schedule, and I was like, "Yo, what's going on?" Like, you know, I'm talking to the managers. I was like, "Yo, bro, like, what's 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 happening? Did you guys forget about me? It's a joke, right? Like, you know, yeah. whatever." And they're like, "I want you to have a seat." And I'm like, "Oh." fuck, am I fired? I was like, there's no way I'm fired. I didn't do anything. Like, you yeah. know, so, so they were like, yeah, you seem to be like giving your shifts away. I was like, yeah, well, I mean, I'm working, you know, I, I told you guys, I got my license and everything like that. I'm still, I still want to work here, you know, whatever. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, well, you know, you know, uh, Roy, the bartender in, in the, in the cigar bar. And I was like, yeah, he's like, he used to be a real estate agent. He didn't work out. And I was like, okay, okay but I'm not Roy. Right. So what does that mean? He's like, well, we just want you to be as committed to, you know, um, this as you are with real estate. And I was like, okay, but with real estate, there's a career. This, this is not a career. And one of the other managers was like, well, this is a career for me. You know, you could be manager. And I just laughed. I immediately was like, no, I'm not going to be a fucking manager, dude. Get the hell out of here. So, um, they were like, yeah, so we're just going to give you a couple, t- we're just going to give you like the weekend to kind of think about it. And, you know, we're just going to be weekend off. And I was like, so, and I knew how much money like I was going to make. I was working work Friday and Saturday. So I was probably going to make like a good, probably $1,000, um, you know, or more for that weekend. And I needed that money. So, you know, I got my car and um, I was with, I, I, I pulled out, pulled out my car and I almost got out of the parking lot and I was like, you know what? Screw it. Turn around. And I got walked back in. And I was like, you know what? I, I just don't need the weekend guys. And they're like, Oh really? So do you want to just, do, you know, let me get on the schedule. I was like, nah, I, I, I'm done. I quit. So, and so I just like walked out. Um, the name of the restaurant is bungalow lake house. We always go there. And I love, I love going up there when we have, Oh, that's where we have a lot of the, that's where we yeah. have the, uh, the holiday party. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Whenever the whenever I remember the holiday party, the last holiday party we went to, um, and I make sure that they see my face. I make sure <laughs> that every manager sees my face. Um, the last one, I was like, you know, uh, what, I don't think the, the manager's there anymore. I was like, hey man, so this is this is you? This is I was like, yeah, all this is all this is me. You know, my company, my everything. Yeah. You know, and he was like, yeah, man, like you know, uh, yeah, you really like you really did it. Like you really like said like you were going to succeed. I, you know, you talked about it a lot and like you know, whatever. And I was like, yeah, so how's everybody doing? He's like, oh, well, you know, it's been a while, man. Like nobody really here is, is, um, is here anymore, you know, from when you were here. I was like, oh, 
guys just like clean house and stuff like that. He's like, well, you know, we just wanted people to be, you know, dedicated and stuff like that. But, you know, hey, man, if you made it, like, you know, hopefully everybody else will. And I looked at him and I was like, you know, what? can I just get a vodka? Just let me get a vodka soda. Um, just, you know, so it just like it's just some people man you know it's just it, it it's crazy to me it's crazy because yeah. i just you know some people just think that they know everything and you know they're the people that really know nothing but what to, down to those belief systems man they they truly yeah. do believe like these things aren't possible or because they don't feel like they could do it then how could you possibly do it right like by encouraging you or saying like, Hey, I think you can do it. It's a, they're, in, they're, they're admitting their own inadequacies, right? Cause yep. they think I can't do it. So of course they're not, of course they're going to project that onto you and say, Hey, you can't do it because it's not possible because they don't think that they could do it. Um, it's also, I think it's also about misery. Misery loves company. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, there are a lot of people in the world that just aren't happy with themselves. For sure. And you know, you, you project that, you know, you, you get out what you put in, you know, so, so let's go back a little bit. You know, that's interesting. I always found, I mean, I've heard that story about, you know, you get in the car, they're like, you need to make a choice. It's either us or them. Right. I think ultimatums are probably not a good move most of the time. Uh, and you took that and you were just like, you know what, I, I, I if you're going to make me choose, I'm going to choose what I think is going to be best for me in the long term. It might be not be the best for me in the moment, but it's going to be what's best for me. And I, I genuinely don't think there's a lot of people that would, take the risk, right? That's scary. There's a lot of uncertainty around it. And you did. And so I feel like there's there that's obviously a, a big lesson in and of itself. But how do you think why did you become how did you become that way? Right? Of being willing to go like I am gonna bet on me. You've been doing this for the better part of 10 years, right? So this wasn't like you were doing it for six months or a year and you made the transition out. Like this has been something you've been doing for a while. Um, and then working on your real estate license and getting it at that point. Now you, you know, you're in that career. What do you think it was that got you to that point where you were just like, okay, I'm willing, I'm going to do it. You know, what, what was the mindset there? I think I like to think like, um, <clears throat> my, my, mind, my mindset will, um, is that I, I don't, I don't think anybody really knows. And I can't even with like, I can't really even put it a word sometime that's like literally in my, in my soul to the drive, like the, the motivation, mm-hmm. um, the willingness to like work mm-hmm. and like progress and be my best self. And that's one of the things in real estate that you can be like, there's really no ceiling. Um, but I love people telling me that I can't do something like, I, like that is like, if there's ever any time little, like somebody can give me like little, motivation pockets like that is that's really key to me yeah i love proving people wrong i still remember stuff that people have told me in high school that like i that i will bring back like when i'm in the gym or when i'm on a run or when like i'm in the thick of 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 work yeah you know like i just because i like it's just like you want to take that and you just want to throw it like right in their face and be like oh really like i told you like you know tell me i want to hear some tell me what you use for fuel um, the dude, the dude that I, that told me, um, when he was like, oh, there's only like 25,000 of us. I'm like, no, oh, okay. All right. Whatever. I look, I use him once a year. I mean, I look back all the time. I always, I will look him up on home snap and I will compare houses sold houses and, and me. And I will, I'll send it in my group chat with my friends because my friends 
a group of my friends used him as a realtor previously, oh. like before I got my license. Yeah. So I'm just like, hey, you know, yearly check in, and like, you know, people look laugh, send it laughing emojis, and they're like, yeah, there's twenty five thousand of y'all, like, you know, just, just stuff like that. Um, I remember when I back like, um, what you call it? There was somebody. What do, what do I use for a pocket? Oh, like in high school, um, I was trying out for the football team, and I was too small. Um, and yeah, I was in my freshman year. I was like ninety two pounds. So like I, and just, it was not for me. And like, people would just, you know, bully me. And there was like, and they, one of the things we were in homeroom and there was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was like, I don't know. Like, you know, I think maybe I'll like be in, be an actor or something. I like, I, I, I like movies, you know, it'd be, it'd be fun. And then this, one of the big jocks was like, dude, you're never going to be some like some scrawny little black kid. And I was like, okay. And I'm friends with him on Facebook now. And I look at him from time to time. <laughs> he's a truck driver so and i'm i just you know it's just it's nice it's nice to like it's really nice because like you know I'm, I'm 92 pounds this guy's like you know a buck 85 like you know whatever and i'm just like mm, mm, you've aged well like you know and uh you know it's just it's crazy to me dude and like it, and one of the things was I, I was so small uh the only really program that i that did was wrestling mm. and the lowest weight class was 103 Yep. So I was literally given, you know, on average 10 pounds to the other guy, but I did really well in wrestling. Yeah. Um, my first wrestling match, um, I was watching a lot of WWF. <laughs> um, so then this, so we were setting up and like, we're you're in wrestling stance and the guy kept hitting my forehead cause he was trying to shoot on me. Yeah. Um, so I was getting really pissed off and the guy tried to do it one more time and I took his arm and I put him in the crippler cross face. <laughs> So uh, I immediately got disqualified, <laughs> and my dad was like, "You're not watching wrestling anymore." Right, you're done. You're done. <laughs> but after that, it was fun. It was yeah, fun. that's awesome. I don't actually. I don't think I knew that uh, that you wrestled in high school because that was that was my jam. I grew up. I definitely was. I've talked about it before uh, on this podcast, and um, and for much of the same reasons. I remember going and being like, "I want to do a sport," and trying to figure out what sport it could be, and like. I hadn't played baseball, so I wasn't playing baseball by the time I got to high school. You know what I mean? Like, those kids mm-hmm. have been playing since they were, like, literally in utero. Like, they came yeah. out with a glove in their hand, and I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to make the baseball team. You know, I never played soccer. I wasn't particularly fast or had flat feet, but I was tiny, and I was like, I'll play basketball. And I wasn't tall, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't super athletic. And so it was just, like, working my way down the list, and I'm super grateful that I did because, you know, that particular sport is a team sport, but it is an independent sport. Right. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of things, there's a lot of commonalities between like the mindset of going, you go out there and you win a match, you're solely responsible for winning that match. You mm-hmm. lose the match, you're solely responsible for losing the match. Right. Like there's a lot of ownership to that experience. And it's translated into sales and being competitive and, you know, running your own business and really just being able to go, I can focus on competing against myself because that's it. Right. That's who, that, that's really what it is, is me making the best version of myself. And so that I can grow and, 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 you know, and at the end of the day, the buck stops with me. So that's been super helpful for me. And I see a lot out of the story you just shared and your experiences that translating as well. Yeah. I mean, and another thing is, is that um, I have a chromatopsia um, in my eyes. Yeah. So I can never, I, I have like my depth perception isn't the best. Okay. Um, so that's why like I 
I'm it, when I was trying for football, I was just going to be a corner because you know I'm not really probably not going to catch the ball. Um, and then you know, so like I, I'll never see, I'll never have 2020 vision. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, unless they come up with like some laser laser surgery or whatever. So with baseball, you know, I did baseball as a kid, but you know, if it's unless I'm like up on front of it, then you know, I'm, I'm really not going to be interested because I won't be able to see it until probably it's like it's too late. Yeah. So, you know, I did catcher. Catcher was pretty funny because it requires you to pay attention and like the ball's coming right here, like, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but it just, you know, after a while, it just, it just didn't really catch on with me. But with wrestling, the dude's right in front of you. Right. You know, so you're able to react quickly, you know, and it just, it, it really, I don't, that was the first, that was the first time where I was like, man, like, I'm going to throw up. Like, I'm a throw. <laughs> like, yeah. it, you know, and it, it's it's the first sport to where I was just like, this is absolute hell. Like, why am I doing this? Like, yeah. there's no way in hell. But I was, I mean, but that by bar none, that was I was the best shit of my life. I was running six minute miles. Oh, yeah, me. I, I can't even. I can probably barely run a nine, ten minute mile right now. I remember running six minute miles when I was doing wrestling and thinking about how slow I was. Cause most of the guys on our team were doing like high fours and five minute miles. And I was just like, dude, I wish I was faster. And now I look back on that. And I was like, yo, six minute miles was super fast. I was like, what? That isn't, that is crazy to me, but I was in the best shape of my, I remember just being able to do anything for as long as I wanted. Like there wasn't anything that was going to make me tired because I would just run and run and run and run and like do the exercises and, Man, it was. It took a lot of discipline for me. Did you cut a lot of weight? Like as you were getting up in the years? Yes, um, no, I, I never really like. Right now, like I'm the biggest I've ever been. Um, but growing up, I mean, like my dad when my dad when he went to Ohio State, he got a scholarship in football, so like he knew how to lift. So he would, I would go lift with him, and he had me on these like three thousand calorie a day, uh, like steak and and chocolate peanut butter uh, protein shakes. And I just, I would burn it. I, I would just burn it. And like, you know, generally, like eventually I, I grew up to like the 135s and, you know, the 150s or whatever. Um, but like, you know, it, it took a while. It really took a while to like gain weight, you yeah. know, for me. Um, so I was, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a big guy. I'm not tall. Um, so it just, it, it was, it was, it was just really hard. Like, and it, oh man, like it was I'm even thinking about it now. My stomach hurts. Like even think about it. Cause like I ate a lot of food yeah. and like, I'm telling you, like it, it was just, it was rough. Cause like, I'm talking like my dad would have a ribeye steak, like, you know, 16 ounce. And he's like, make sure you eat all the fat. I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't get me wrong. I love a ribeye steak. I do. Oh yeah. But it's you got to eat it like three times a week. It's just, yeah. You know. It'll get old. And like, I'm like, dad, like I read this. I was like, that it clogs your arteries. He's like, it doesn't matter. It burns your fat. But you, you, your body will burn through it. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you know, so. That's awesome, man. Well, so other than the, the the sports and stuff, like what kind of things were you doing when you were younger? Like going through, you know, going through your formative years, through school and things like that. What were kind of the things you did? You know, the friendships you had, all that kind of stuff. Because it sounded like you moved around a bit until you really landed here and could put down roots uh, when you were around 14, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just hanging out with my friends. Um, you know, I have a lot of, I mean, I still do. I have a lot of different groups of friends. Like, you know, you go through your life and like you, you know, the jocks hang out with the jocks, the nerds hang out with the nerds and, you know, everything like that. Um, and I really felt like what separated me was I'm just, I just get along with people, Yeah. you know, as long as you're just not a complete 
dipshit and treat me with respect. I'm cool with you, dude. Like there were times like no joke. Like I, I would hang out with I'd go to parties with the with the jocks or whatever, hang out with them, and then I would go play Final Fantasy with the nerds. I don't care. It don't make a difference to me. Like I, I knew about all the video games coming out. You yeah. know, I have no problem playing. You know, and then what was it? I think Dragon Ball Z was big when I was a kid too. I was always watching that. Yep. And so you get the cards. You play the card game. No, no, I, I never. So it was either I had to choose because like I had um, my parents. I used to work at uh, Regal Settlements yep. when I was my teenage years, um, and every time I got a paycheck, my parents would take it. And they would only give me um, a third of my paycheck. And that's like how I could spend like whatever. And I hated them for it. I, now I'm grateful because they gave me my money back. But, <laughs> you know, so I, it was always like either video games um, or like, you know, food, extra food for when you get lunch or whatever. Sure. Um, but like back in back when I was younger, there was no YouTube like walkthrough of the video game. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. free. So you had to buy the walkthrough book yep. and the walkthrough book is like 30 fucking dollars. I'm like, man, this oh, is half the video game. Yeah. And like, yeah, you know, there's so many, like there's, there's so many like different artwork and drawings. I was like, I don't care about the drawings. Just give me point A, point, point one Z. Like, you know, tell me about the secrets. Right. You know? so. <laughs> oh man. Going, oh, to, going to the supermarket and like going up to the newsstand and opening up the Nintendo power to like the code section and writing it down in a notebook. Yes. Or yes. like memorizing, I'm in the water temple for Ocarina of Time for Zelda. <laughs> Where's the key? Where's the key? Just memory like the blurb. And the guy's like, are you going to buy it? I'm like, no, I'm back. My dad's at work. And I'm like, da, da, da. I'm like oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Then they're getting the book and you're like, yes. Yeah. 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 I'd like in my, uh, I, you know, because you, you have to have the book. No, you no. know, because like with those games, like what was another game? You had to have the book. Metal Gear Solid. The yep. first one. The first Metal Gear Solid. You yep. had to have the book because – like when you're facing that uh, the psychic mantis or whatever the hell his name is, mm. and you have to move your controller to the other slot or else he knows your moves, I would have never picked that up. Yeah, it is so And well, now yeah. I play Zelda with my uh, my six year old Miles, and we'll get to like a shrine, be doing something. I'm trying to use my magnet powers, and I go, Dad, you think what I'm thinking? And I go, What? He goes, It's time for a walkthrough. <laughs> we'll pop up <laughs> <through> my phone <laughs> and watch a walkthrough. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, this is daddy's only got 20 minutes, son. You're right. Let's knock this bitch out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Right. That's that, it's so funny. I remember having them. I actually went to like a like a retro gaming store that has like all, all these old games that have been refurbished and systems and stuff. And they had an entire wall of old walkthroughs, like old walkthrough mm -hmm. games and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was just looking at them, I was like, oh my, I had that one, and I had that one. And I had that one. And then I saw a Game Genie in there. And I was like, I had a Game Genie too. Remember the Game Genies? Because you yeah. had to know all the codes. And then they got smart to it. And they were like, now we're going to have to make you buy another thing so that you can get the cheat codes and stuff. That's, That's what I call yeah. my wife being uh, nursing my son because she, we have a three-week-old baby. And I say that she's pulling out the, she got the Game Genie. I can't compete. I was like, he won't stop crying. Just put <laughs> the cheat codes. Here, take it. I'm like, can't do it. Yeah, man. It was, it's, it's like, so, and my wife found, um, a thing on Amazon where it's like all of the Nintendo games onto this, onto the console. Yeah. And I, I didn't believe it. She's like, no, it's only 50 bucks. Like we could play original Mario. And I was like, all right, screw it. Buy it. And then of course it comes and there's no USB. So then I had to find out the other cable to connect to my TV. But then when we, when we connected it, no joke, we were, we were playing for weeks. I was like, this is, this is so tight. And the, my son Ryder comes out. She's like, what are you guys playing? That's so ugly. I'm just like, yeah, go back upstairs, play NBA 2K. 
Yeah. Like, you know, just <laughs> you don't know. He's like, there's only two buttons. I was like, you only need two buttons. You don't need oh, yeah. any other more. Like, oh, you know, so we went to a beach. We went to the beach uh, like a year or so ago, and they had uh, they had like a game room and it had old arcade like systems, and one of them had um, they had the uh, NBA Jam games. Uh, it's uh, oh my god, there were like three of them. I spent probably like ten hours of my week long trip just going through trying to get like the high score and like get on fire and play this game and then like build on my character. Cause who's, your, who's your team though? Who's your team? Uh, I bounced around. Like I was playing with the Knicks, definitely okay. with the Bulls. Cause obviously they were like super stacked in the nineties, but it was dude, I loved it. Cause remember it was just, like two on two and then like you get on fire and you'd be like passing it and they're doing flips in the air and dunking. Like, dude, it was, it was awesome. I love yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I was always, I was always the magic because it's Shaq and Penny. Yeah, so it was no brainer. Yeah, 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 dude, that's so that's so funny. Uh, yeah, man, like I, I those, like those retro games. Yeah, I, and then like the when I was asking about the card games is because like my my son recently just started getting into like a new a new card game that's come out pretty recently, and um, he like he didn't really care for the Pokemon game, but he had a bunch of Pokemon cards from when he was growing up, and he went to like a card store and he was able to sell them, and he sold and he made two hundred dollars cash selling these Pokemon cards and he, it like blew his mind. And like, now he's going to be like a card flipper and like wholesaling them. And like, he's, he's always playing. He's like looking through old like boxes that we have. He's like, got another binder. We got another binder of them Pokemon cards. I'm going to sell it. He's like, Yu-Gi-Oh, Digimon. I don't care. Like you find me some cards. I'm going to do it. And it is, it's a thing now, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Now one of uh, my, my, college, my brother stole my Pokemon cards. And oh, sold them all and bought skateboard shit. And I was livid. Oh, oh <laughs> this is 20 years ago. I still, a 4th of July and four beers can't pass my lips before I bring up the fact that he sold my Pokemon cards. I'm still bitter. Uh, <laughs> dude. And I had all first generations because when they first yeah. came out, like I was all about, I'd come home from school and Pokemon was like brand new. And I was like, we got to catch them all. Get home. Let's go. And I get home and it was like right after I'd get home on the school bus, it would start, we would watch it. And then I'd like, Got the got the little Game Boy games, right? Red and blue, and we'd be trading. I had to go to my friend's house, I had to get the stupid cord so we could actually do the trades and stuff to get all like complete our Pokedex. And then we bought, of course, the Pokemon cards. So we had a bunch of first editions. And I went in that store and we were looking at like the singles that they had and stuff. And I'm like, I had that card. That's a four hundred dollar card. Dang. Insanity, dude. Like That's it's crazy. Dude, crazy. Who would have known? Who would have known? Should have gotten into Pokemon dealing. That's that's what yeah. I should have done. Dude, I mean, like it's 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 crazy now, like because I see it. I see there's so many different card games now, and I I tried to get into to Magic: The Gathering. I played like literally two games, and I was like, this is not for me. No, yeah. and like there's still people that that are obsessed with it. Yep. You know, people that like they'll have like Magic: The Gathering parties. They yep. come over and everything like that, and I was like, dude, I can't do this. It's way, way too much. That's an ADD yeah. man. You put it, if you put that in an RPG on a game console, and I will spend a hundred hours and six oh, yeah. of my life. Absolutely, make me count mana and cards, and I just can't. I couldn't do it. I'm with you. Like I was awesome. I thought it was super cool, but I could never focus enough. Be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna play my dragon card. But then again, you give me a nah. Nintendo, and I'm like, oh my dragon, of course. Yeah. Now, nah, like when they when they remade they remade Final Fantasy VII, uh, like two years ago, I think. Two, yeah. Maybe two or three years ago. Dude, I played that game. No joke. I if you could check it, it's probably got at least seventy five hours of game. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not lying. Like that was that was my that was my favorite game. Oh, it's amazing. When I was, when I was little, 
And, I, and like, I tried, I think I tried every other Final Fantasy game and it never lived up to it. And then when they remade it, I was like, oh my God. It was, it was just, I, I think I ignored my family. <laughs> I was so, so super sided. Like, it's just, it was incredible. so much sleep. It's so fun. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Um, Let's start to wind down. Looks like we got maybe uh, five or eight minutes left before we're probably going to call it. Um, I wanted to circle back really quick on you you mentioned before that one of your favorite motivators is your haters, right? Like the people who doubt you. And some of you you said that resonated with me is like the twenty five thousand realtor thing because when when I'm coaching, one of my favorite things to say for a new agent is like a George Carlin joke from the eighties, where it's like picture the average person. In your mind right now, picture a person you know who you consider to be average. That's 50%. Half of the people you meet are dumber than that person. So I was like, like, so your competition's cut in half because you're already talking to me, and I know you're going to be better than 50%. So just shoot for that. Yeah. And uh, so with that in mind, like, what would be something you maybe want to pass on? Like, you're a dad like us. Like, what's something you try to impart? Beyond like, you know, don't let the haters control you, but like what's something, a pearl of wisdom you might say, or like a pocket of knowledge that you want to on anybody opening a business or trying to get started with uh, reaching any goal? Uh, you get out what you put in. I mean, like I, I, that's one of the reasons why I really love this business is because you, I know how much work I put into it and it shows it, you actually get results. You know what I mean? Um, one of the things why I love you guys, when you do the Friday meetings um, or Wednesday meetings too, I think um, Richard will send a post of like a motivation clip mm-hmm. and there are like, I, I, I love them. I like, there's a Ray Lewis, there's a bunch of Ray Lewis ones. There's a bunch of the rock ones that I'll listen to. Eric Thomas. And, yeah. Eric, of course, Eric Thomas. ET. Um, you know, he, those, when they talk, like I think of like, myself and I project myself and my life and like what the, the, the strives and, and tribulations that I've been through um, that I haven't really shared on here, but, you know, it wasn't always bells and whistles. You know, I, I, I know where I've came from. Um, you know, like I didn't, I didn't have a license for like two, two and a half years. It's one of the reasons why I was bartending. Um, and then when I did, you know, immediately I was trying to jump into real estate, but, you know, I, I had gotten in, to I I I ended up getting rear-ended. Um and because I had a couple drinks, you know, leaving bar heading home, I had my license suspended. They tried to get me with the DUI. Um so and it was rough. It was very, very rough. Like, you know, trying to get around. This is before Uber. You know, so um how am I gonna show a house when I don't have a license? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, like that that part probably from like you know 2012 to 2014 was one of the like the down in the dump areas of my life mm-hmm. to where like, you know, when I listen to those videos, I'm like, look, like these people have come through so much, like mm-hmm. they're just like me, you know? And like, I'm the type of person to where if you leave me in a room, like it would, with no entry or no exit and it, and just turn off the lights, I'm going to get out. <laughs> it's only a matter of time when I get out, I'll figure it out. You know, and like part of me really loves that yeah. part of me really loves like the grind and like the, the, the journey from zero to 100, Yeah, you know, cause when you get to 100, you know, people are just like, congratulations. Like, you know, you know, we're so proud of you and, you know, 
people that don't even know you, you know, they're shaking your hand and, you know, they're presenting you with an award. And like, you know, you get the reward, you, you come back and you look at it and you look back on it, but nobody really looks back on what you went through to get there. Mm-hmm. So that's what really like, really drives me like to be like, to just literally be in the dirt and just climb out of that and end up being so damn clean when you get to the, to the, to the finish line. Cause yeah. like, and, and just the people that tell you, you can't do it. Like it, it's just, I, I, I can't really put into words. Like I try to explain it to my wife. I'm like, I don't think you realize, like, I don't think you realize how different I am than most people, you know, in this world, mm-hmm. like most people will just give it up. Like, just like they will, they don't know the sacrifice. They don't know this. They, they, I can't even, I don't even know what to say, but it's just like in my heart, like, it's just, it's just here. And like, even when I just want to quit, like, I just think of like all the negative things people are going to say about me, or I'll just think like, like, nah, you're not done. Yeah. You're not done. You, 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 you got a little bit left. Like, you know, so it's just, I, 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 one other thing is just like a lot of people are complacent mm-hmm. um, and I'm not complacent. I, I think that I look at and I learn from a lot of the top agents in the company and I'm like, you know, I always look back and like, you know, people say celebrate your success and I do. Um, but you always look at, you know, who's above you, you know, and where you want to be. And, you know, you always want to set a new goal. Mm-hmm. And what what is Eric Thomas says? He says, I didn't come this far to come to come this far. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you always want to improve yourself. You always want life is about growth, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, once you stop growing, it's pretty much when you start dying. Yeah. So anybody that's in anybody that first starts in real estate now, I mean, I, I tell almost anybody that's in real estate now, I tell them, I was like, you guys are spoiled, man. You guys got so many, so much software, you know, so much technology that can get you where you need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, So, you know, you'll definitely end up, probably better than me. You'll probably have a, I mean, two of my recruits um, in the past two years have had better years than me um, starting out, hmm. you know? So, so, and I, I don't get mad about that. I'm not mad. You know, I'm always about uplifting and, mm-hmm. you know, helping people out because um, when you work in the service industry, you meet a lot of different people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you always want to, um, uplift people. I think that, you know, you, you, you truly do get out what you put in, in this world. And, yeah. you know, if you're a good person, good things will happen. Yeah. You know? I like it. a lot of wisdom there. Uh, it's, it's interesting because so much of the fuel for me working through my career, uh, was I said, it was the Marty McFly complex. I started using that reference recently. And a lot of these younger kids are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like they look at me, talk, I'm like, yeah, I need a new one. Like I need to update it. So I'm just being made to feel old all the time. For those of you listening who don't know what, who Marty McFly is, he was in Back to the Future, his main character. And if you called him chicken, he would do whatever it was you were calling him chicken because he had to prove that he wasn't chicken, right? So for me, it was that. It was like, oh, you don't think I can do it? I don't even care about doing it. But now I care about doing it because I just want to prove you wrong. Because you don't get to tell me what I can and can't do. You don't get to take that from me. And so that's always been kind of a way I've done it. Now, as I've gotten older, as I've matured, I've realized that I don't need to take on every challenge. Right. Because there are some things that aren't in alignment with what I want to do. But if they're questioning whether I'm capable of doing something that I am actively trying to do, then I'm all about trying to prove them wrong. 
right? Mm-hmm. And that's not even so much that I could stand there and have to go, see, I told you so. I can do it. I proved it wrong. I'll let the actions speak for themselves. I'll mm-hmm. never say anything. Right. The best way to get even is to find massive success. Right. Like that's that's the that, that's the best way. Like let your let, you don't have to say anything. You can just show them. And you've done that. Like you've really done that. Um, and so I've always been super, super proud of you. I'm one of those people that have just watched you do those things. But it is interesting. And I think we've even talked about it. You stand up there. You get the award and people go, I want to be like him. I want to beat him. I, like they you like now you're the person they're competing against. But none of them have any idea what got you there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, and I have a, I have a reminder in my phone every Monday. Um, it's just a note. It just says at nine Oh five AM every Monday for the rest of my life. I'll probably have it. It says somebody's trying to catch up to where you are. I like <laughs> That's that. awesome. Well, that they are because I am considered a fairly successful realtor. And anytime I'm talking to anybody, they're like, yeah, you're, Listen, you're doing great. Like we've been watching what you're doing, and you're doing great. But if you could just do it a little more, like Noel does it, just a little yeah, more, yeah. like Noel. You just take a little of Noel's magic and just sprinkle yeah. it up, sprinkle some crack on there. You know what I mean? Follow that <laughs> exact magic. And I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying to do it. I guess door knocking is my next step. Uh, I got to thank you for your time today, man. Yeah. It's fun. Right, I want to do two things real quick before we close because I got an extra couple minutes here. Awesome. So I want to hear what is what is a time where you laughed so hard. Like you, that you can remember, you were just like, oh my God, I died laughing so much. And what made you laugh? And then the second part to this is think about some time in your life where you really were down, right? You were dealing through some struggles. You just mentioned one a minute ago and how you overcame it. So I want to go on a high and I want to go on a low and I want to learn a lesson from both. And then we can, we can wrap up. Perfect. Um, so I'll go, I'll go low. The, the, the funniest poem I'll have to, I'll have to wait. And think about it. maybe I'll just maybe I'll think of it when yeah. as I'm um, as I'm telling my low. So my low goes back to when I had my DUI mm-hmm. um, and my lawyer was like, hey, you need to go into um, rehab classes. And it was in <clears throat> I'll never forget this. It was, it was in Leesburg from nine to twelve. Monday, Wednesday for Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, I had no license. So I either had to get a ride from my roommate, take a taxi, or have one of the people from rehab drop me off. So, um, you know, I get there and I'm getting analyzed and, you know, the, the I, I guess she's a therapist. You know, she was asking me all these questions and stuff like that. She's like, I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you, you have to be here. And I'm like, why? Why do you feel like I have to be here? It's like, well, you know, you were, you were driving. I was like, yeah, but I, I. I got rear-ended. Like I, I didn't cause an accident, like, you know, whatever. Uh, she's like, well, you know, you're just going to go to these classes and we'll see. And I go to these classes, man. And I'm telling you, there were people there that were like literally drinking Listerine because there was no more alcohol in the house. And there was people that were, one of them was a, was a fucking pilot and he flew while drinking. Like in like airlines, like I'm just like, Holy shit. So like there was people that were there that were like heroin addicts. And I was just like, I'm just looking around and, and they're like coming to me. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm here because somebody rear-ended me and I was just leaving a bar and I was just going home. And after like three or four sessions, like the people were just like, dude, why are you here? I'm like, I just got to look good on court. Got to look good on court. So she types her report like after I leave doing it. And she's like, 
she gives me a saying like that I'm alcoholic and my dad, you know, like she doesn't send it to me. She sent it to my parents because my parents enrolled me in it. And like my, I'm sitting there with my dad um, and he's like saying like, he's like, a, I'm going to put you in like a 24 hour rehab because I, you know, you have a problem, like you're an alcoholic. And I'm, and we were at PF Chang's and I was eating and I put my fork down and I was like, is that what you really fucking believe me? And he's like, well, you know, then we're going to report and this and whatever. And I was like, dad, let me tell you something. There are people that come into the bar that literally drink from one o'clock till nine o'clock. And then when they go home, they still drink. There are people that come into the bar that literally get destroyed at four o'clock in the afternoon to where I have to one cut them off and then I have to wear them a taxi. There are people that I have to cut off that can't even come inside because they are literally drunk in the morning. And you think that I'm that? Are you outside your mind? Like, like it was just, it was mind blowing to me. Yeah. And, um, and I, now my dad tells me that he's like, okay, I was wrong. Like, you know, he's like, I saw the look on your face and I was just like, yeah. But like I, it, after that, I was just like, my, even my dad, my dad's against me, you know? And, um, you know, so like, and that was, you know, I had to go to court and, you know, all, it ended up turning out good, but no, that was one of the lowest parts to when like, you feel like that's when I really felt alone. Like I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. I, you know, we had, we had been dating for like three years. We broke up, you know, I, I had, I didn't have really anybody. I, I lived at a townhouse um, with two of my roommates Um one of them had a girlfriend. She was over all the time. They, we didn't really bother each other. We weren't really like, you know, best friends as far as roommates go. Um, so most of my time was spent my, by myself. And like, you know, you really get to like be, you're down the rabbit hole for thoughts. Like, you know, what am I doing? I mean, there were times where like, I was like, you don't even have a car. Like, you're not even a man. Like, you don't own, you don't own a house. You know, why would anybody want anything to do with you? Like, how are you going to have a girlfriend? You can't even pick her up. Where are you going to take her? No. Like, you know, just, just stuff like that, like goes throughout your mind. And you really just like to the point to where now I look back on that and I'm just like, yeah, I came from that. You know, I came from that. Mm-hmm. And you think that somebody asking you for four and a half percent is bad. You better take that four and a half percent. So that's a great, that's a great perspective, man. But I think, you know, some, sometimes people let those, those moments like that define them, yeah. right? That's just who yeah. they are for the rest of their life. And you took that and you used it as fuel, man. And that's that's something that's commendable. And and I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that story. You but know, I think there's some people that take that to their grave. And the fact that yeah. you're like, I'm willing to share this as a lesson learned. Um, that well, I think those are the toughest mountains to climb because it's not some a call you can make or a thing you can do. It's feeling inside a certain reality and realizing there's a number of steps you have to take to adjust your personal perception, the perception of others, and kind of reassert and reorient your entire you know, kind of what you're aiming toward. And I think a lot of people hit that wall at some point in their lives and their adolescence twenties is pretty popular. Um, but yeah, I mean, given the heights you've reached now, it's definitely head and shoulders above where you were at that dark point. So again, thank you for sharing. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. And I, it's like, it's kind of, I don't know. I don't know what it, it kind of makes me think. It's like, you know, it, it brings me back to the drive and like the motivation, like when you go to court and you're like looking you're, at the judge, the judge is, all the way up here and it's just looking down on you right yeah yeah yeah. so you it really kind of like it made me feel i was like i'm so small yeah, oh, yeah. i'm so small and like now it just now i look back on it and i'm like 
I think that kind of stems from where I'm coming from because, you know, when I was referring to like down in the dirt, you know, you're looking up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get there. I'm going to see you. I'm going to see you in a little bit, you know, so. That's a great, that's a, that's such a powerful analogy. Standing there looking up to the judge who's, who's in a lot of ways controls your future and then turning around and in the future, referencing that, remembering it and saying, look up and go, you know, I'm going to try to be, I'm going to try to be the person that dictates where I go in the future. I don't want to ever let anyone else control that for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, that's awesome, dude. And so, all right, so we've got just a minute or two left. Did you come up with an interesting story or something that was like, maybe not a lot of people have heard something you thought that was particularly entertaining. These are my favorite ones. Uh, I'm trying to think. Kids say the darndest things are always a fun fallback. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to think of an instance. Um, Okay. So this is a, so this, okay. This is, this is a bar story. Okay. So I had gotten out of, I, I had, I had been at work. It was like a Friday and I went to lunch and there was, um, there was a woman there. She was, she was older than me. I think, I think it was like 25. So she's like probably like 35, 40, whatever. And, you know, she, she looked pretty good. You know, she didn't have a ring on her finger and I was single and I'm, you know, being flirtatious me. Um, so I was like, you know, do you hang out here? You know, do you from around here? Stuff like that. And she's like, oh yeah, I, I live in Ashburn. I'm like, oh really? Okay. I was like, you know, do you, do you plan on going out tonight? Like, you know, whatever. And one thing led to another, she gave me her phone number. So, um, so like I, I had texted her and I was like, Hey, I'm going to be out here. Um, and she was, she texted me back or whatever. So she ended up like meeting me at the bar. And so when she shows up, she has a ring on her finger and I'm like, okay, this is, this is not gonna, it's not gonna get good. <laughs> so she was like, um, yeah, like, so, you know, uh, I wanted to meet you cause um, I let you know, like I'm a, I'm a swinger. I'm like, okay, um, <laughs> this is, it's still awkward at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so she was like, I want you to meet my husband. I was like, no, I'm not meeting you. What? No. I was like, this is, this is already bad. Sorry, bad. She's like, no, you'll love him. I'm like, no, why would I love him? I'm I'm right. I'm trying to meet you. I'm not trying to meet your husband or whatever. She's like, well, no, you don't understand. Like, you know, he he loves black men. And I was like, okay. <laughs> all right. So at this point, I was just like, all right, thank you so much for meeting me here, but I, I'm not really I don't go that route. I I appreciate it. You know, I'm, I'm oh man, you know, like um you know, I, I appreciate you guys inviting me, but I'm just, I'm, I don't swing that way. Um, yeah. Nothing against, you know, his sexual preferences or anything yeah. like that. And she's like, well, like, what do you, what would you want? I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, like, would you want us to like pay you? And I was like, lady, I am not, a, I'm not a male prostitute. <laughs> and I was just at this point, like, I remember I had my drink in my hand and she had said that and I spit it out. And like, I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what else to do at this point. Like, I've already said thank you, but no, thank you. And like, oh you know, so it ended up like being like, I ended up texting, texting my boy. I was like, yo, do not come here. <laughs> we are going, we are leaving. Like, he's like, what happened, dude? And like, and like, I'm telling my boy the story. He's like, well, I mean, like, did you tell her like $2,000? And I was like, no, I'm not going to tell you $2,000. I wouldn't do that for $2,000. She's like, well, how much money would it take? And I'm like, I don't care. 
Oh man! So how do you? And like I remember, I remember we had the bar. He's like, "Well, how do you? How do you not know if you don't try?" Yeah, I love that you went into that situation with like what, like you were like, "This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna chatter up. It's gonna be great." And it could not have gone more differently. Yes, (laughs) that is. Oh, that's a great story to land on. That was there you go. I love it. Time Noel got propositioned. The time though, I love it though that you got like so scared and you were like, you spit out your drink. You're like, I have to run away. How do I get out of here? <laughs> I can't. I'm just like, and then part of me when we left, I was like, maybe I should I still text her? I was like, no, you didn't. Right. No. <laughs> maybe he just wants to sit in the corner and hold the camera. I can be cool with that <laughs> at that point. Yeah, like, oh, oh, my VHS, it's fine. Yeah. Oh man. My other friend was like, well, how hot was she? Like, was she like? You know, was it risk worthy? Like, maybe you can just like, maybe he can watch you. I was like, no, because then what if he touches me? You know, so like, I can't do that. Oh my god, <laughs> the perils of youth. Well, there you go. Those are the kind of stories we go for here on Untold Riches. And yeah, we, that was a great one. Today, this was this was awesome, man. I was looking forward to this. I love getting to know you a little bit better on more of the personal front, and of course, yeah. you're going to continue to do big things on the real estate front. If you want to have a shameless plug, real quick, anything you want to say, if someone were to want to get a hold of you talk to you more about just you or your business or how you might be able to help them. What would you like to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can give me a call. Um, you guys just want to, you want me to just announce my phone number? Or you yeah, we can, you can put your phone number in the, in the information. Is that the best way to get a hold of you? Just yeah, or my, or email? Yeah. Or my email. It's noel at pearsonsmithrealty.com. Cool. Any uh, website, social media, anything like that? Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, uh, Facebook and IG. IG is just my, First and last name, Noel Tuggle. And then uh, Facebook, it's Noel Tuggle, Pearson Smith Realty. Noel Tuggle's not hard to Google. You guys will find him. Look him up. I, he is one yeah, of the best. I don't, he's very noteworthy. He's got a lot of Google stuff out there. So he'll find you. Yeah. You'll, you'll yeah. find him. I don't well, think Noel, I'll be hard Thank to you find. so much, man. It was a real pleasure, like Richard said, getting to chat with you for a little bit. We'll talk to you guys yep. soon. Please. Appreciate it, man. We'll see you. All right, y'all. Have a good weekend. You too. Oh. All right. Another good one in the books. Oh, he is so much fun. What a good that was, a, that was such a baller story at the end. And yeah. uh, and we, we 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 ran we ran short on time, but I was gonna I was gonna talk to him a few years ago. He was trying to come up with his branding, and uh and I still to this day am trying to get him to rebrand his business as his uh like his his tagline to be uh Tuggle Time. Tuggle hashtag Tuggle Time. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's the title of our maybe that's the title of our uh, our segment today is hashtag Tuggle Time. We're not gonna do that to him. Doesn't but, go cheap though. I mean, he just told a story about somebody trying to get some tuggle time, and he wasn't having it. So someone maybe. was trying to get tuggle time. They were willing. They were willing to pay him for some tuggle time. Oh my god, that came out of left field. I love that story. I, I did not expect it. It was but like blah blah blah. I, adversity sucks. I, I I climb mountains. I'm amazing. I make jillions of dollars, and I'm super awesome. Which he is. All of those things. And then remember that time that lady tried to proposition me for sex. <laughs> And her husband was obviously a big fan. Like, I mean, yes, it's nothing but flattery. What I gotta be honest though, shout out to that lady trying to take care of her husband. I mean, I don't know, you know why he didn't hook up his boy with her number so he could get that he could get paid. That's all I'm asking that over cocktails next time I see. We're gonna have to have him come back. We're gonna have to have tuggle time times two. So, but anyways, uh, Richard, always good to see you, buddy. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. Thank you so much. See you again. Bye. Bye.